Over the ditch, back for another week and back for another week, Matty Markham. Hello to you, Matt. G'day, Paul. How are you? Nice to be with you again. Very good, mate. Um, we've got a fair bit to um, cover off on, that's for sure. Uh, good fields Friday night coming up. Uh, some good racing last weekend, but um, we might play at home, if you like, for you to start the show off. And um, Methan, big meeting at Methan the other day, but um, culminating in a, what? well, from the outside, with a pretty emotional win um, in the Methan Cup for Sarah O'Reilly, um, on culminating on a very big weekend for her. Yeah, massive. Uh, look, Sarah's a, a Mid-Canterbury girl, of course. Methan, part of the Mid-Canterbury landscape. Methan and Ashburton are the two uh, harness tracks in, in Mid-Canterbury. And, gee, I can remember Sarah running around when she was knee-high to a grasshopper with uh, her dad and her mum at workouts, trials, race meetings. And, you know, to sit back and, and watch what, she's achieved in harness racing um over the past four or five years what are we now four times uh new zealand junior drivers champion of course she was an australasian young drivers champion uh but above all that she's always wanted to win the meffin cup and i think that's what brought among that emotion on sunday as she come back the head of the field with american me um she's not someone who generally shows out with displays of emotion, Sarah, unless she's being cheeky and, and throwing a bit of a verbal barb at you. But she was clearly quite moved by the moment. And I think it probably took quite a lot of people uh, by surprise because it's not really something we've seen from her, given all the success that she's had over the years. But uh, it was a pretty special moment because I know that the majority of her family were, were there at Miffin on Sunday watching it, and they are all at the birdcage clapping her as she come back in. So uh, pretty special. And look, the way she's going, she's going to end up being one of the, the best females to have sat in a sulky in New Zealand uh, by the time her career's finished. She's well, she third on the overall premiership at the moment behind Blair Orange and John Dunn. So she's low flying. I think it's 59 wins. And uh, yeah, that was that was the real heartfelt moment of the weekend, I think. And of course, it culminated with her winning that uh, fourth New Zealand Junior Drivers uh, Championship. She became only the second person to do it four times. Uh, alongside Morris McKendry, who, would you believe, she's actually related to? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I don't doubt uh, who's related to who over there, don't you? <laughs> I, know, I, know, I know how to play it right. Well, we'll, we'll just we'll stick on to um, onto the, uh, the points, if you like. We'll stay on with the junior drivers. Uh, I've got to say a huge well done to Zef, Zev Meredith, a, uh, a man who I did get to meet last year for the first time. I think it was at Kaikoura. Gemma Thornley, Carter Delgetti, well done to all of them uh, for taking part in it. Um, Karen Tomlinson, uh, unfortunately running last, but a uh, great ambassador for the industry, full stop as well. You know, they're a fantastic bunch of, of juniors and, you know, the next generation, they're the ones, you know, in, in 10 years' time that are going to pick up the mantle and be the leading drivers and, and horse people in the industry. And it was really good competitive racing across the, the three days, you know. It sort of turned in Sarah's way at Invercargill on Friday. She won uh, the first two heats. Then she galloped away in the third, but enough to be in front. And uh, the drive she had on Sunday probably wasn't one that you thought she was going to finish high up on, but uh, she managed to get into a beautiful spot and it's run fourth, which was just enough. Uh, could have been a different story if Zeva got half a gap at the top of the straight. He went to the line very hard held and I've probably got no doubt knowing the speed that that horse has got that he probably would have won it. So uh, he'll be back. He'll come back in time and uh, he'll get his chance. No, absolutely. He's a, he's a good young young man. Um, we won't. We can talk forever, you and I, both of us. We found that out last week. We'll try and keep it going a little bit, but we're not going to rush through these because there's some great, uh, great results. The Methan Cup, um, and you can just see Sarah's just there now in the picture, just getting off the fence. It was a cool drive early uh, with American Me uh, for Brent and Timmy White. Uh, just had it in the right spot at the right time, didn't she? Yeah, she did. Um, you know, the biggest problem with it in its last few starts has actually been getting away from a stand. So she sort of said, you know, she wanted to get to the get to the markers if she could. And of course, her stable mate got you covered, uh, came around and took the lead, which put her three feet, which is not a bad spot to be at Meffin. And then when Blair come knocking with uh, Franco Windy, that did eventuate. But her drive off the back straight and around the bend here, you could tell she had a just an armful of horse in front of her. And once she got clear, uh, it was pretty much a a result of how much was she going to win by because you know she looked really confident at the top of the straight as you can see there and it just cleared away some big runs in behind uh jimmy james mcguire big run from him he's only won four races and he's uh run second in a meffin cup 
And one change was the one that probably caught the eye the most. It was last at the 400 metre mark. That's it flying through in the Trevor Casey colours and it's just going to get up in front of Bark and finish third. But uh, yeah, it was a one horse race in the run to the line, Paul. No, absolutely. Smithy Sarah was um, quite good for Corbin. Um, I think Corbin won it last year, did he, win the Methon Cup last year? Yeah, he did, defending champions with yeah. the same horse, yeah. Yeah. Um, America, I love the sustained look she had over the top of the, of the straight. She said, I think I've got this, but then she pulls the earplugs and says, I'm making sure, <laughs> sure of it, and, and went from there. Um, Franco Indy, disappointing? Yeah, I know uh, I was there when Blair pulled up uh, after the line and he just didn't really have an explanation. He said, awful was pretty much, I think, the word that he might have used. Um, look, it was a testing track, but he did cop some pressure down the back straight uh, when Colin DeFilippi come knocking, but I probably would have thought he would have boxed on a bit better than that considering the way he'd gone in his first two runs. Maybe it was the grass at the end of the day, um, but you'd probably just put a line through that. He'll bounce back. Just on the grass for the Australian listeners, um, I've been to both tracks, Banks Peninsula and Methan. Methan seems, uh, to the uninitiated anyway, a, a longer grass and possibly a softer surface even when it's firm firm going. Banks Peninsula, um, they're not that far from each other, probably an hour as a crow flies, but um, uh, Banks seems a little bit more of an Australian grass, I suppose, if, whereas um, Methan does seem to have a little bit more give in it. Yeah, it does. And I mean, we'd had a heap of rain on Saturday before that meeting um, on Sunday here. So I thought it held up pretty well. Look, you're going to get your varying um, lengths of grass as the season progresses. I know Methan like to start their track a bit longer uh, in the season, but they've also been going under what's been a probably four to five year remedial work on their track after a bit of damage to it and things like that. Uh, they're both very, very good grass track racing surfaces and Canterbury's lucky to have them both um, and they both serve a purpose. But the Methan track obviously used to have about a 500 metre long straight and they took that out uh, many, many years ago. Um, and it's probably just played into favour for those on the speed. It's become a bit harder for horses to come from well back in the field, whereas at Mott you're probably still a chance at the top of the straight because they've got that slightly longer straight. But that's also indicative of the times that they run up front now. If they run a 28 quarter off the back, it just becomes nigh on impossible for horses to make up ground, um, especially when you're, when you're dealing with a, a slightly rain-affected track. So the run of the horses like one change, which was a completely against the track bias on Sunday, was very, very good. Do you back him next start as a, as a punter? Just, again, trying to educate people as much as in. Do you back him next start um, no matter what surface it's on or do you wait for him on the grass? Uh, look, I'd probably wait for him on the grass. He's burnt me a couple of times one change, so I'm always a bit hesitant to, to go um, off the back of one good run. But uh, Amber Hoffman does a good job, and her team generally races well on the grass. Obviously, being beat-strained, it's it's about as similar as you can get. So uh, he'll be an interesting horse to watch because I know that Mark Purden had a big rap on him when he was a young horse. Um, he's obviously at the beach for some, uh, some joint and, and leg issues, but... Uh, at his best, he's very, very good, and he's very, very fast. I didn't get a lot of other highlights from Methan, but uh, you were there. Um, you tied up with the club, of course, um, and that. What were this? Was there some other highlights out of the meeting? Yeah, Craig Thornley um, combined with Stephen McRae to win what they have as a, uh, I think it's a twenty thousand dollar now Phillies and Mears Trot, which always attracts a good field. Craig was on board Galway Girl who oh, yeah. has got a serious, serious motor. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, it's got a few gate issues. Likes to switch into a pace every now and then. Um, I was standing about 200 metres around, no, not even that, 100 metres around past the winning post on Sunday, and it had trotted like a stag the whole way down the straight, and it got just after the winning line after it had won the race and, and switched into a pace. So uh, they've got a bit of work to do to keep that thing down trotting, but it's got a serious motor. It was probably the big highlight uh, of the day outside of the and Cup, and, of course, Sarah winning that Junior Drivers uh, Championship. I think he's in, um, oh, she's in, sorry, later. She's in on Friday night when we'll do a bit of a preview at the end of the end of the day, end of the show as well um, going forward. And she's, she's a lovely filly by Majestic Sun. It's interesting, again, over here, um, a lot of the time when they pace, we try to get the best tracks, best surfaces, if you like. Um, they're, they're racing it on grass, and it, obviously it works. Um, so, yeah, so it's a just different way of, of looking thing, at things, if you like, from an Australian point of view, uh, going through. I'm just trying to get this horse's record up. Six wins from 22 starts and $60,000 in stakes. So it's a good horse for, for people to be able to, to follow going um, 
forward. Um, I'm gonna go. We're going to go to Addington, I think, is how I actually work. No, we're not. No, we're not at all. We're going to go down to Southland. Um, Tommy Bagri, what a team of horses um, he has got uh, going forward. This little mare here, Walking on Sunshine, this was one an emphatic win for a start, wasn't it? It beat a nice field of trotters. Uh, the couple, the two second and third fillies both go terrific, uh, but she won very arrogantly. Yeah, she's a little professional. Um, we saw the best of her up at Auckland earlier in the year when she was taking on some pretty nice horses, including a horse that we'll talk about uh, a little bit later on and Love Me Too from the Rogers and Ferguson barn. But just a little professional, gets out and does the job. Um, she was surprisingly beaten uh, last start at Addington. Um, I think it shocked a lot of people because they thought she'd probably just line up and win. But uh, she's got that winning groove back there. And you're right, they are two very nice fillies in Araha Kenny and uh, Crackling chasing her home. So she's probably got a lot ahead of her as we work towards the end of the year, trotting oaks and things like that on Grand Prix Day. So, uh, yeah, she's a really nice horse. And you're right, Tom's got a really nice team at the moment. Of course, Harold Smith, is one of his other trotters, is uh, doing a very good job. He goes around on Friday night as well. How many would Tommy train? Oh, I think he'd be around the 20 mark, yeah, yep. uh, including the younger ones that he's bringing through. And he's... Tell you, his horses always look sensational when they walk out on the track and they're always fit and, you know, he's got a couple of nice paces around him at the moment as well. The Crake is a horse that he's had that's uh, won a couple pretty quickly and, yeah, always can back Tom's horses with a bit of confidence. Uh, of course, you know, his dad was the man behind the mighty Quinn early on in his career, Peter Bagri, and they've had some beautiful horses over the year. Of course, Peter's heart, Peter had as well, who come over and raced in a miracle mile before she went to America, I think. So uh, there's plenty of family history there, of course, closely related to the Duns as well. So uh, continue down that family line that we were talking about before, Paul, everyone's related to everyone. So, uh, you know, you can always back Tom's horses with a bit of, bit of confidence. He presents his horses always really well, Tommy. He presents himself very well as well. I like the way he dresses. He's a he's a dapper man, and uh, it's one thing we lack here here in Australia. Isolate was in that race. Uh, unfortunately, she had no intentions of uh, trotting early. She uh, she was just on the naughty books. Um, and that she's another trotter though to, to keep a good eye on. There's good depth in the three old fillies over there in New Zealand right at the minute. I, our juvenile trotting ranks, uh, be it two year olds or three year olds, colts and geldings or fillies, are probably getting to the point where they might be as strong as I think I can ever remember seeing them. Um, there's a lot of depth. There's a lot of really, really nice horses who are going to win a lot of races, which is which is really encouraging. And I, the change in seasons has probably helped that a bit. I think they're coming through and they're a bit more, um, you know, solidly built. They've had a little bit more time to develop, and and we're going to see the benefits of that over the over the coming years as we adjust to that uh, seasonal change. And yeah, the two-year-old trotting ranks and the three-year-old trotting ranks are incredibly strong. Yeah, and um, we have them um, over here as well. It's, a, it's an interesting dynamic. All of a sudden, these fillies seem to be stronger. Um, you, know, you take the three-year-old fillies here in Australia, rocking with attitude and, and the likes. She's won two derbies um, and they're already going forward. This I don't, I don't know what it is, but it's it's good. It's actually really exciting. And um, we'll touch on on some. We'll just stay quickly on to um, Invercargill last uh, Friday. It was Craig Ferguson. Drove two winners, trained a winner, but he didn't drive it. He also he's driving. He drives for other people. He's a terrific driver. Is there a, is there a rule with Craig that he doesn't drive his own horses, or what am I missing? Well, he does drive the odd one of his own, but uh, he he does tend to share the driving round a bit of it. You know, uh, straight out his horse that won it in McCargill on on Friday uh, is a very nice horse, and Nathan Williamson's driven it the whole way through, and it's a little bit like Mark Harrell with a horse that we're going to talk about. Yeah soon I imagine in Wagstar you know Mark helps Craig out they've, they've formed a good combination but Craig's a very very good driver in his own right and I know he competed in New Zealand Junior Driver Championships but whether he's getting to that point where he's more focused on his training and, and one of those trainers that's happy you know putting on someone without that extra pressure of being trainer and driver and I know he does get in the car on his own a few but he does jump on for quite a few other trainers too so uh, yeah it's a funny way it works but he seems happy with it and everyone else seems happy with it too. It was good to see the Marco Lodge boys they got a double um, they were pretty happy um, I did notice um, uh, I've got his name uh, Rambo do they call him Rambo? Uh, Bronson. 
Bronson, that's it. Sorry, close to Rambo. He'll be happy. He'll be happy with that. I think yep. he actually, I think he said that Maka had to drive home. Uh, Johnny Turner does some great stuff down there. If you're watching this and you don't follow Johnny Turner stuff, you've got to watch it. It was a cool interview, and uh, he gave Maka the, the chip that he had to drive home. But it, it looked a good day, day of racing, um, albeit being a lesser, lesser meeting. I think most of the horses are probably up near um, Canterbury Christchurch, ready for some of the bigger races, the better horses, but they're still quality racing. I think they've got a good card again. Um, Friday again, I think it is this week. Yeah, win them, win them this week. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's a good card. Uh, nothing else to add from that meeting. No, I, that horse of Bronson's is a nice horse, Yosemite, that won the maiden trot. Uh, looks like it's going to go on and do a nice job. And the other um, McIntyre runner, Wayward Angel. Well, she looked immoral and she delivered as you would expect, but. Brent's starting to form a pretty handy strike rate with his team. He, he doesn't take them to the races unless they can win, and, and more often than not, they're, they're doing exactly that. Yeah, no, absolutely. They, they turn them out terrific and um, hard workers. They'd be full on now, breeding and everything else like that, and still take the time out to go to the go to the races. So I think well, well done to them. Talking about those three-year-old fillies walking on sunshine and a couple of these other ones, uh, with the announcement of the trots slots, we'll, we'll get on to the rest of the rating and that. But um, things are so buoyant all of a sudden now in New Zealand. I did a, a, an in-depth conversation, if you like, with the Talking Trotters with Dave Branch the other night. But just the depth in the trotters over there, it's just a nice time. Because some of these three-year-old fillies, you know, um, any of those ones, barrier draws are going to go for three-year-olds. Fillies will get preferential draw. Oh, it's exciting, this trot slots race. I mean, a lot of the big names were mentioned. I reckon there'll be a lot of people looking at these lesser horses, if you like. When I say lesser, I mean that in horses that don't have the same high profile just yet and try and get them in on, a, on to, you know, an easy barrier draw, if you like, um, and add a bit of excitement to what's going to be a huge race and a huge race meeting for the Grins, um, I think it's in April, mid-April. Yeah. Yeah, uh, anything that's going to boost the, the square-gating side of the game is a positive. Um, probably for too long it's been looked on as the poor cousin of pacing and... You know, there's a, there's still a lot of scope for for the good trotter, and I think that slots race and and kudos to David Branch and the team at Cambridge. I know it's been in the pipeline for for a while, and it, it nearly was going to happen, you know, last year or this year, sorry, but uh, they decided to just sit and wait on it for a little bit. But oh, we could get some kind of field for that race, you know, something like we haven't seen in Australasia for a very very long time, and. I like the idea of this Australian-New Zealand rivalry being rebuilt again. You know, we used to have it, you know, and you'd see the likes of La Cucaracha coming over here and dominating and, you know, go right back to when I was a kid and you had Lyle Creek and take a moment going over and doing the business. So I think it's really good. And we're in an exciting space because you're right, we have got some serious trotters, you know, Muscle Mountain, Bolt for Brilliance is the up-and-comers, Artie by the Hill, Love and the Port, of course, a Group 1 winner, and then... Of course, the plethora of trotters that uh, you've got over there at the moment, uh, Queen Elida's and the Just Believes and the like, you know, it's it's an exciting time and I can't wait to build in to this trotting race because I think it's going to be as big and exciting as what the pacing version is going to be. I think it possibly could be a little bit better because of mm. the, the unknown depth because there'll be horses like the Locomotive um, over there, a horse like Rockin' with Attitude, even a mare like Glamour Stride, if you actually look at her record, you'll say, why would he say that? But it's got huge gate speed, it's going to be a four-year-old mare next year, it's got massive gate speed, has a good motor, it only keeps getting pipped. If it takes that next step for Chris Lane, great conditioner of the trotter, there's that, um, that uh, change-up, if you like, uh, or something different. With the paces, you don't probably get that luxury. You know, just believe, Queen Alita, um, there's some talk they're going to the elite lop. So everyone would say, well, we can't beat those horses. They might not even go yet. Uh, you know, uh, Muscle Mountain's got to get around Cambridge. I don't know if he's been there too many times. Um, so there's so many variables to happen in that race. Yeah, there is. Um, and, of course, the interesting thing that we now sit and wait for is who's going to take these slots. Yeah. Who's going to, you know, and then, then the fun really starts as they start sort of, you know, battling it out to try and get their names on one. Um, Ian Dobson, of course, who owns... Um, Muscle Mountain has a slot in the pacing race, uh, the Cullen Racing brand, and hard to see why he wouldn't want to get his hands on a trotting slot and then just put his horse straight into it. And then you've got, you know, Bolt for Brilliance, and there's some really nice trotters going around, and some really uh, key figures in the trotting side of things that I think will want to be involved. You know, 
um, you start getting some of those big players involved and get them, you know, bantering for slots and, and horses, it's gonna gonna make for a really interesting lead up. Yeah, no, it it is indeed. Uh, I, I could go on forever, like horses like London to a brick. Uh, he's just a jet. He's only a three-year-old. He'll be a four-year-old for next year. Uh, yeah, it's super, super exciting. And I think it means that we're going to keep a real good eye on the trotters going forward. So, um, but yeah, like we said, walking on sunshine. Sharon, second in a derby too. Love me too. He's another horse we didn't mention. He's over here in Australia right now for Dylan Ferguson and um, and Rogie, uh getting ready for the derbies. You know, hometown hometown horse doesn't have to travel. Um, you know, so many. There are so many that we could uh, actually mention. So it's going to be exciting. Um, going, we might we'll keep going now onto the onto some of these results. Addington the other night. To be honest, the whole weekend of New Zealand harness racing, uh, you can tell the good races are coming because man, it was exciting. It didn't matter where you looked. For mine, uh, both Addington and Auckland, the racing was so exciting, so competitive, even in some of the lesser races. Um, you can tell the good racing's not far away and people want to play a big part in it. We'll go through some of the ones that we, we did find. We see you gave a little tease there before about Wagstar. What a win this horse was. What an arrogant drive by Mark Herrell. And I don't mean that in a nasty way. I loved it. It was just awesome to watch. It was almost an Australian drive, if you like, the way he drove it. But um, didn't really even look over his shoulder, Matt. He just he just knew what he had underneath him and just turned him loose. Yeah, and what you see from uh, this clip, obviously, if you you haven't seen it before, is at about this point a lap ago he was last. Yeah. Um, and he's he's rushed around them, found the front, and I think he's gone twenty eight, twenty eight, twenty eight, and just left them with their tongues hanging out. And I mean, there's some nice horses in behind him here. Point Break is a very very nice horse of Brendan Hills, uh, Bob Butts horse, Pandaya. Running home, nice horse as well. Major Talk was a very good winner from for Mark Jones the week before. This thing's just in a world of its own. Uh, it's had five starts, three wins now. It's run two seconds in its other two races, and they were both behind the very, very good Ahoka Connor, who we haven't seen uh, this this campaign yet. But gee, he looks like he's strengthened right up Wagstar, and just a continue of this procession of horses that Craig Ferguson's producing at the moment. You know, he's got. Horses like Cormac Leo, who we haven't seen. Glaucus was a very uh, impressive in its uh, first campaign. Let's have a look at Craig's stats. And this season, he's had 60 horses to the races, or 60 starters, 24 wins, and 20 placings. So he's one and three, or sorry, two and three, running top three. And there's fourth and fifth there as well. So it's an incredible, incredible strike rate. And, you know, we talked about Street Art before, who's won three or four in a row, you know. He's become a punter's best friend because he lines horses up, particularly down in Southland, and they're a dollar ninety-two dollars. But most of the time they're delivering. Um, I know they had a big rap on Wagstar last campaign, and he looks like he's strengthened up, and he just adds another string to this build-up we've got towards the New Zealand Derby here this year, where you've got you know Don't Stop Dreaming, Merlin, Older Meteor, Ahoka Connor still to come in, but you've got a horse like him from Southland coming up. Uh, it's, it's exciting. It's really exciting, and he's right in the conversation there, I think. To me, it looked like Mark was uh, dro <coughs> driving that horse as a trainer, um, almost knowing they've got bigger fish to fry. So instead of just letting him coast to the line, and you could see in that footage that I had there, even after the line, he was just making him just keep going, know that it is going to get tougher. Um, it was a conditioning run. Um, it, was, it was cool. It was great to watch. It was a really... Really nice uh, drive. The other horse we've got, obviously there's a couple of highlights we definitely want to um, come on, but one of the little uh, smoky ones, if you like, as well, was Rikiro Rocket. This horse this having its Carmelite. first start, Gavin Smith in the cart to Tom Bamford. To um, man, this was impressive. Another horse that did a pair of work early. Um, and then when Gavin said go, didn't his horse shut down? Yeah, it did. And it had done the same at the trials too, and, and that's why the money was about for it on debut. Bob Butts horse running seconds, a nice horse, but it's sort of just chasing a shadow here because once this thing got clear, it just wanted to keep on trucking. And Tom Bamford's doing a good job. Um, he stepped in. He's taken over training the Rikiro team for, for Ronnie Dore, and they've got some nice horses to play with in the in the coming months. And this is one of them. He's going to go on and do a really good job. Well-bred, too. He's had a motto pocket of jewels, so that's a good family. I think Motto Premier might be from that family who did a good job here in New Zealand before I think he come over um, to your side of the Tasman. Um, so yeah, and nice to see Gav Smith driving winners. Gav's probably one of our most underrated drivers at the moment here in New Zealand. He gets in the cart behind a good one, and he still knows how to steer him to a success. You know, we see it week in, week out. So yeah, exciting times ahead for that one. 
very confident early too. Just never, yeah. even, never even looked like going backwards. Just said, I'll just, until I get to the top, I'm just going to keep going forward, but not aggressive. Just kept moseying forward and, and making sure he, he got there. We've got three races to highlight for Olivia Thornley. Um, I'm only going to show two of, the, two of the videos, but Waterfront for a start. Um, it's one that I don't have the videos for, taking out the Dunstan horse feeds. So I stakes for the two-year-old fillies. Good field, nice finish, really classy finish, a three-year-old filly, a two-year-old filly, sorry. Um, and this would be a, a, a good form line going forward. Yeah, will we? Uh, look, it was an impressive and, again, professional kind of win, you know, um, sprinted up the lane good. thought the stable mate Madrid was really good because it's obviously yep. come off the second line and had to do a bit of work. Uh, but everything was falling into place for Olivia on Friday night, um, you know, with with the boss and Blair both sitting on the sideline. She she got the call up to drive some of these horses and she certainly repaid the faith. And, and that was a really, really heady drive from a, a talented young horsewoman. And you know, I think there's a really even mix to this uh, this two-year-old fillies uh, mix over here in New Zealand at the moment. We've got some nice ones to come down this week and have a bit of a crack. So uh, looking forward to seeing how that all pans out. And barrier draws are probably going to be the big key thing. One horse that did catch my eye out of that race, a horse called Post Painter, trained by Robbie Close. If you go back and have a look at its run, it's come from well back and it is storm time. Um whether it continues to race in this age group and, you know, take on some of these big races or it drops back to something a bit lower, it's going to win a race at short notice. So put that one on the black book. Post painter. I wish I had had the video now to be able to, to, to watch it. And there was no reason I didn't. I just thought, well, we've got a few to highlight from Olivia because she had, a, she had a, a, a great night. I think, I don't know if she's driven more than three winners before, but I don't think she would have driven three more important winners if you like going forward and um you know to stamp herself i think she's only driven just over 50 that'll be about 53 winners i think she's driven there because she brought up a 50th the other day one that i will i did highlight was the boys two-year-old paces and i think again another form race with the unbeaten vessel now going down but he was nothing to be ashamed about chase a dream for olivia gets the chockies here um the second also get your point for what you think about him in the minute but mickey's courage for robert dunn benny hill's horse again great field really classy finish and some really nice horses going forward there are you're right and you know i don't read probably too much into to Vesem's performance he probably looked a little bit disappointing but he did work no. hard early um this is a good crop again and I, and I know i keep saying it about the crops we've got over here but hadron collider could be an exceptional horse but he wants to beat himself every time he gets into the straight and he wants to lay in on one rein and you know you'll see it here when john dunn pulls him out at the top of the straight he just locks on and wants to lean all over the horse inside him so he's the first horse um, first horse three deep anyone wanting to watch and he done this last start yeah. in a different position yeah. just you can just see the frustration on johnny just here he's just like oh you're joking <laughs> Yeah, and like, he's nearly shifted in an, almost an entire cartwheel there, and he's still trying to lay all over Vesem's wheel there. To me, outside of the winner, the run of the race was Renegade, yep. uh, Ricky May and Brendan Hill storming home. It was last. Um, obviously, it won on debut a few weeks ago. I had a good chat to Ricky about it last week, and Ricky's got a pretty high opinion of it, and... I think you'll see the typical Ricky approach. He's not going to knock it round. He's going to, you know, he's going to look after the horse and let it develop and learn a little bit. But gee, when he wants to press the button, he's got some serious horsepower in front of him, and I think he could be one of the horses that ends up winning a big race at some stage. On what I've seen so far, so uh, yeah, Chase the Dream. He was excellent. He was so good the week before as well. He's got real speed, so good even crop. And again, probably going to come down to luck and running and barrier draws in some of these big races. I think Vesem's backing up this week. I, I do know that uh, the uh, barrier gods haven't been kind to Mark and Nathan going forward for that meeting, but we'll worry about that in, <laughs> towards the end of the show. But I did, yeah, I thought it was very, very good. Even um, Harrison John was okay because he got a bit hampered halfway up that straight. But that renegade, I saw his first win. He just looked raw, just untapped uh, speed, if you like, and it was just, uh, just brilliant to watch. As is this mare. Now, I've been fortunate enough to see this mare a couple of times in person, and I keep saying she's nothing flash to look at. She's not bad. She's nothing flash to look at. But Millwood Nike now, 15 from 15. Um, she's she's the real deal. And, gee, she's a bonnie wee mare um, the way she races, isn't she? Yeah, well, you would think looking at this point here that she wasn't going to win. That's her following Sweet Coco into the race, the leader. Um, and she sort of, she hit a bit of a flat patch, but yep. then once they straightened up and Olivia sort of asked her to run, she's actually ended up doing it really, really easily. Um, I know we talked about her last week, like, 
she could be one of the best female juvenile paces I think I've ever seen. Um, she's just got everything. She's just the way she covers the ground and how effortlessly she makes it. And I thought it was a really heady drive from Olivia because, you know, there's been a lot said in media over on this side of the Tasman about how she could potentially push, you know, some record-breaking unbeaten winning streaks and, and that. And there's a little bit of pressure that goes with that. You're driving a horse yep. fresh up for a new campaign. Yes, it's a it's a burden runner, so you know it's going to be ready. But you're racing some horses that have been up racing for two or three months that are very handy fillies. But uh, yeah, I thought Olivia did everything right there, and uh, was great to see her back on track, Millwood Nike, because she is one of the real excitement machines, I think, in harness racing going forward. And there's so much adore me about her for me, just so much. Um, she, and she, you she know, might at be the better. moment she's. Yeah, at the moment, I'm starting to question whether she might be better. Um, obviously, a massive transition to come from age group racing to taking on the older horses, but uh, everything about her suggests it's not going to be a problem. So, great run from her. Good runs in behind. Sweet Coco did a lot of work to find the front, yep. and Carter kept them pretty honest. Um, Advanced Party was good for um, Nathan Williamson, of course, taking over the training of her. Forever Me, I thought, ran a nice race, considering where she was on the fence. Probably the disappointment was... We didn't get to see Sweet Diamond unleash. She got herself into a bit of a tight spot at the quarter and things got a bit tight and she squeezed up and had a bit of a gallop. But I reckon she might have run second, Sweet Diamond, had she stayed down and got clear air. So uh, just just put a rule a line through that one with her and keep her for another day. Johnny Cox, unfortunately, got three days for that one. The other interesting one that I did take out at Treacherous Gals, a very, very nice filly. She won the um, Southern Oaks last year, and I was there to see a high-speed horse. Both Regan's horses I saw in the stewards' report were both in season, so probably make of that what you will. Um, and I noticed that Craig didn't knock her around up the straight, whether he might not have been able to. Um, Phillies in season can be a little bit of a an issue, but uh, might be a bit of a forgive run there for that filly. Um, there is some talk she's coming to Australia. Uh, I'm not sure if that's still in the cards now or not, but um, yeah, she's a lovely filly. There's some really nice fillies in there, but unfortunately for those connections, they've come across a year where there is just an absolute jet. Um, it's the only way you can describe that filly. <coughs> Sorry, I'm um, going from there. That's a bit of a wrap from Addington. We could have nearly shown every race. In all, in all seriousness, like I think the racing there was just outstanding and when we highlight Friday night's meeting, it's just, it's as I said, it was terrific, terrific race and we'll move to Auckland. Um, one race I'm going to show show for a start is Jasanova. Dr. Luck Chin, uh, I love <laughs> this bit here. They get home in 31.3 and I think they ran 59 something there. So I don't know what he's ran down the back. I was trying to work it out last night. I think it's 27.9 I think I worked it out to be on uh, middle of the road class trotter. This set the tone for the whole night. I think this was race number three, and this is how everyone ended up driving for the night. It, it, it's brilliant to watch. Uh, a lot of Australians won't know him, but uh, he's just a, he's a character of the industry, isn't he? He is, he is. Um, we used to have a, a, a similar driver trainer down here in Mid-Canterbury called Doug McCormick, who uh, Derek Jones, the late, great Derek Jones, once described as if he wasn't in front, he was heading there. And, and Dr. Luck's a little bit like that as well. Um, he likes to get his horses up on the speed, run even quarters and just try and break their hearts. And his his career in harness racing is just remarkable. He's he's owned, bred, trained, and driven over a hundred and I think it might be nearly hundred and fifty winners now, off the top of my head. Um, beautiful breed of trotters. Generally, they just get out and trot. They've got you know that fearless style of racing, and it's always interesting when you sit down to try and do form for a trotting race in the North Island, and 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 Doctor Luck's got one in there because you'd never quite know whether you're going to be served up for 800 metres because he wants to get to the front or, you know, what's going to happen. So uh, you can generally back his horses because you know where they're going to go. They're going straight to the top. And, uh, yeah, that's another one. Jasonova, of course, uh, she found the front and just rolled them along and broke their hearts off the bat and did enough. So always enjoy seeing him win races because he's such a nice fella to boot and just loves harness racing. Yeah, uh, Emily tells me he's 73, 74. She's not 100% sure. Uh, and he gets out of bed at four o'clock in the morning to go off and be an anaesthetist. He's got plenty on his plate, and uh, he just loves the industry. Um, he doesn't love interviews. I know that he's a bit secretive and a bit quiet about that. But that's—I mean—that's fine. Love seeing great horses back at the track. Um, whether he would have would have won or not, um, with all cashed up outside of him. But great to see Bolt for Brilliance back at the track, and then you know, quite a comprehensive win after all cashed up galloping, mate. 
Yeah, it was. Um, I said the same thing. It would have been interesting if, if all cashed up had stayed down because I wouldn't say he was going better than Bolt for Brilliance, but he was probably going as good as him. So, uh, look, once once it galloped, it was it was a one-horse affair, wasn't it? And yep. so it should have been. Um, but a nod to the, the training prowess of Tony Hurley. He, he was a ready racehorse when he stepped out, and I wouldn't expect anything less from one of the best in the game. Um, He'll come through that run and improve. He heads to Addington this week where he takes on Muscle Mountain. We'll obviously talk about that a little bit later on. But just nice to see him back because he's been such a great open class trotter for, you know, three, four years now. And he adds another uh, another section to this open class trotting scene that we've got here. And, you know, he won a, he won a row cup. So there's no doubt about him heading towards a Dominion handicap over two miles. And if he's anywhere near his best, uh, it's going to be great to see because he is a serious racehorse. And he's a rock star to look at. I love, you can just look at him all day as well. He's a beautiful horse in that sense. Old Town Road returned. Interested on your thoughts on this race. We've got plenty of time to digest this race because you can see Nicholas Cage basically running up the back of Old Town Road there. And then poor old Matty White, he was... An absolute passenger here. He, he got a bit cranky, Nicholas Cage, and he just said, uh, I want to find find the top. Um, he needs to improve those manners, manners for a start, Nicholas Cage. Um, Zach was going to follow him up, and I think then Zach thought, oh, no, you're going to keep going to the top. So he just he just sat back. Firstly, your thoughts on Nicholas Cage and where he's at? Yeah, he, he does have a bit to learn. He's his own worst enemy. Um, Andrew and Lynn will sort him out over time, but he's still relatively, you know, new. Um, and maybe a year racing and, you know, those good races and, and taking on some of the best is going to be his friend and he's going to learn and develop because you're right, you could see it there. He was he was almost uncontrollable there at one point, but uh, I'm mad he did a good job, um, obviously. And we know how good he is, and that's probably the thing that will probably frustrate Andrew and Lynn the most. They know how good he is too, and if they can get those manners and, you know, his racing style sorted, they're going to have a lot of fun with him, and he just wants to run. Um, you know, he'd be the perfect horse from an angle where he could line up in a mobile every week and blast across and find the front and, and win, most more often than not. But, yeah, a bit of work to do there. Good drive from Zach not to knock around Old Town Road um, first up, but he was just a class above them here, and, you know, Winning from that far back at Alexandra Park on the home bend is not easy. Like, he's still a wee way off them here, but he cruises past them with a bit of ease, and oh, I think he's really, really developed this horse, and I'm looking forward to seeing him down in Canterbury as we build towards the Cup because he's a serious, serious player in this year's New Zealand Trying Cup. Simply Sam was good. I mean, copy that, obviously, scratched out of the, the race, but uh, Ray would have been wrapped in Simply Sam. Interesting. So, so my take on this race, Matt, and I'm definitely not knocking any of the horses in it. But Nicholas Cage, Mr. Way, did so many things wrong. Only got beat 7.8 metres. Um, you know, he was entitled to drop out and be beat 30 and no one would have asked a, a question with a lot of the horses in between. Where is Old Town Road at the minute? Like, should a horse that's going to be spoken about as, you know, in the first couple of favourites for a New Zealand Trotting Cup, is does he need to improve a fair bit? Like, was that just a nice pipe opener for yours? Or, because for mine, the uninitiated, I would have said... He's got a long way to go yet um, to be into those sort of races. Uh, yeah, he. I mean, it was always going to be a transgressional year for him uh, last season where he had to, you know, learn to be a man as a racehorse as opposed to just being a boy. And I, you take a little bit of stock out of the fact that, you know, for the two weeks previous to this, the Simply Sands, the Fernley Cashes, etc., Hooray Henry, we've been in copy that. So Old yep. Town Road is potentially on a on a pretty good line, and John Dickey's a master. He will have him 110% primed come the second Tuesday in November. I don't know what his path is, but I presume he'll probably head to the Ashburton Flying Stakes later this month. Uh, that's the path they followed last year, and he went a cracking race. Speed-wise, he is very, very yep. quick, and... He's got one of the best technical drivers in the country for mine and Zachary sitting behind him. And if Zach can plot a path and get him into a striking distance turning for home in the cup, he's going to be coming home probably quicker than most in the field. Um, I've got no doubt that with the right run, he's good enough to win a New Zealand trotting cup. And I think he's on the right path to being primed and ready for that opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. All right. That's a good way to tell you. As I said, I um, probably... 
further emphasis how nice a horse Nicholas Cage is if they can get him right um, and just work it out. I think they'll be hoping for mobile races because I think they're about sick of stands. That's for sure. He doesn't want to doesn't want to play the game at all. He's, he's been well supported too in most of his runs. So there's obviously some stable confidence um, there going forward. Um, this is over the ditch. One thing I want to do is also highlight some of the horses um, in in Australia. And there's there's four. Firstly, Queen Alita. We'll talk about about the Trotters. Mafasa Metro, another Kiwi horse here as well, but. Dish is good, Matty. Oh, incredible. And it doesn't really probably get talked about a lot, but, you know, Tony Barron, of course, uh, owns in her uh, a master stroke from him yep. to send her over because who knows where she would end up if she'd stayed in New Zealand. Um, she might have just been running around as another run-of-the-mill mare trotter. There's not a lot of opportunities for them here. But, you know, she gets to go around each week and you know, they've done a beautiful job managing her career. And, I mean... This is only the start of it because at one point she's going to end up going to stud and she's going to be a broodmare and anything out of her is going to become one of the most hottest commodities in, in harness racing uh, when it goes through the yearling sales ring. So she just wins. Uh, she just she just gets out and does a great job every week and maybe maybe a trip to Europe is, is high on the cards for them and it would be great to see her go over there. I heard a sneaky one. It got dropped one day in an interview that I did. I've asked a person to elaborate, and they they won't. But uh, yeah, it was dropped that uh, Europe is definitely on the cards for her. So uh, which would be super exciting for harness racing and, and the, the talk that Just Believe's going back. Um, you know, I think that's just great for the Southern Hemisphere trotters as, as such going forward. Um, we're going to highlight a couple of two-year-old trotters going around at Addington in a minute. Um, a couple of very very nice fillies. High Step been a masterstroke sending this mare to Australia. She's been unbeaten. Nathan's doing an awesome job. Greg Sugar's in the sulky. I don't think she beat a lot here on this occasion, but man, she's all, she's going to be a horse that when she gets back over to New Zealand, um, Oaks and those things next year, a lot of people are going to be looking at her. Yeah, they are. Um, she's just a continuation of this brick and breed of young trotters at the moment you know you go back through Highgate and and the like as well and she's she's certainly got all the family ability uh there with her and I I just keep looking at this Mark and Nathan Pert and Greg Sugars combination and going this is this is pretty exciting you know if it's something that we're going to see more and more of in the future especially as Mark sort of takes a step back and focuses more on his thoroughbreds he's going to be less keen on going and traveling to Australia but yeah, uh, going to win a lot of races, high step, and you're right, going to come back over here and probably win a lot more races too, so uh, exciting to see, and yeah, you're probably right, probably wasn't the strongest field, but she will have to be good when she comes back, because as we said, that's a good crop this year. Yeah, definitely, uh, the Redwood would be her main aim, which is on the same weekend as Kaikoura, so the last weekend in October um, will be, I would imagine that's her main aim, um, she's, she'll be a lock to get in, and she's going to be pretty hard to beat. Um, I think her mum... I think her mum won the Redwood. Might be wrong there, but... Uh, yes, Highgate. She did win it, didn't she? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah Trained by Regan Todd, driven by Mark Purden. Right. Look at you go. <laughs> I'm not going to doubt you either, because you got that one worked out. We'll stay I'm with that. I'm not going to doubt myself, because I might be wrong too. We got <laughs> so that. I'm pretty sure that's how it worked out. We'll put the next video up, and we don't have to worry. But this is the real Sherlock. Uh, good training, great training performance, because of course he missed that week. This is a heat of the uh, Woodland Stud. Uh, Derby with the final to be run this Saturday night. Um, this was a nice win. Um, you got the very good horse. I can't think of his name. His name just escaped me uh, in front for Emma Stewart, who uh, probably a little bit disappointing, but the real Sherlock, he just puts him away. I just love the way Greg sits down on him once he gets alongside uh, perfect class here. Uh, Storm inside was that other horse. But, uh, yeah, very, very emphatic win. This is the, the Sherlock, as I will refer to him, because yep. that's how I know him. Um, that I've expected to see for a very long time. I thought this time last year, he was one of the better horses of the age group in the country. Um, and he never really quite showed it. Um, but that's that's a bit more like it. And that's a really ominous sign going ahead to, to what lies ahead because if he's full of confidence and, you know, I think I've read a couple of things this week. It's, it's all about not using him early is the big key to getting the best out of him. And, you know, he actually did do that quite easy. I know he didn't win by a big margin, but, you know, Greg, to borrow a, a galloping term, was hands and heels to the line, really, wasn't he? He just let him find it. And, yeah, it just adds another another little spoke to this exciting racing that we've got coming up over the weekend and, and going ahead. The two derby heats, there was a marked difference in the, in the quality in both of them. 
that heat, the quality was outstanding. The storm inside, I mean, he was in the talks for the Eureka. Um, as a three-year-old, he's a Queensland Derby winner himself. Perfect class, is a beautifully bred horse. They've got a huge opinion of him. Uh, he done plenty of work early. Uh, yeah, I don't know where he's drawn. The barrier draws were done, but I haven't been able to see them since. But he uh, he's going to be a serious horse and uh, doing some great things. One other one I d just wanted to highlight was Braveview Kelly. Jack Trainer, uh, Kiwi himself. This she's actually third last year. He's about to pull, pull out four and five, five deep. One, just just a brilliant mare, isn't she? This mare, and um, you know, she probably doesn't get spoken about as she should. I think the job that she's been able to do since she's coming across here, it, it's just outstanding. It is, and you're right. You know, um, she probably wasn't. How would I put it? You know, she wasn't a classy pacer over here when she was with Mark Jones, but of course. They had the blueprint for sending, you know, fillies and mares over with uh, stylish Memphis and the co and to Jack, and it worked. And they they sent her over as well, and and she's just grown a leg over there and done a fantastic job. Um, that high speed that she's got, you know, as you say, she she was near last there at the top of the straight, but she's breezed on by them, and um, good signs for her going forward because she's generally been a horse that's held her form pretty well over her career, especially once she's got to Australia. So. Might be some exciting things ahead for her. I noticed in the call, um, I haven't been able to follow it up, but BK Swy, that's why I was cheating just then, if you're wondering. I was trying to get it up because I forgot her name as well. But her swan song, so I presume she's going to the breeding barn, um, but not 100% sure. But, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of a formula. I think he ran one, two, yeah, one, two and four with Arden's Delight running fourth. Uh, Jack Trainer and these New Zealand mares, it just seems to work. And... Um, he, uh, he'll get a, a good run with those horses, and she's just a mare to follow, and I think she's a very, very exciting horse for, for the industry as well. And another horse, we need to highlight these horses because I think it's important that we can um, showcase them if you like. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you talk about those Kiwi horses that, that Jack's got. It, it, it's a good thing for him too because there's trainers sitting here in New Zealand at the moment that have got a mare that, you know, are probably looking and going... Cripes, do I keep paying training bills, training fees? Do I keep a horse and work over here to chase some mares races next year, knowing that there's a horse called Millwood Nike who's going to graduate to the four-year-old and older mares category next year? Or do I send him over to, to a guy like Jack and, you know, he's got a proven track record with Kiwi mares. Um, I remember BK Swy being here. I think it was trained by Brent White at the point, yep. uh, at one point. So, uh, yeah, and you've seen that, you know, sending horses over there, there's good opportunities. Not that, you know, we're promoting that, but everything's got a shelf life in, in one point at one point or another so uh yeah long mark continue and you know i think there will be more and more horses that are you know sent over there yeah the, the, the one thing i try to i suppose being able to fly across and fly back and it, it's not cheap or anything else like that but even the horses um we need to break down to make harness racing better we need we need to support both both islands there's no no not a worry there um in the world so you know potentially send some across to Jack when the good mares races are on through the summer months, bring them home, race them in New Zealand. There's nothing wrong with that either. I think, you know, going both, both ways and um, building the tote pools on both, it's a, it's a bit of a no-brainer. Did see, um, just on that, Captain Ravishing uh, has paid the late nomination fee. I see Greg O'Connor released uh, this morning on Twitter that um, he's paid the late nomination fee. I know that doesn't mean he's coming to the Trotting Cup, but... Um, bit of excitement anyway, a, a bit of an unknown horse um, in your free-for-all ranks. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, it was talked about once the nominations were officially released for the Cup. I think it was in the day after that there was an expression that they might be keen to come. Um, I presume he'd have to qualify from a standing start uh, before he could come over or before you would even think about coming over. Um, but he would just add another aspect and you know that's starting to build up we've got Spirit of St Louis in this week Swayze's going round in a lower grade race on Saturday night their intentions at this stage are still to be in New Zealand um, in early November and just adds another string to the bow of this New Zealand Trotting Cup which is starting to build up to be quite an exciting one even despite the fact that we've lost Copy That who was a two time winner Yeah absolutely I'm just actually looking him up uh, now just to see, I can see if he has been qualified um, over here. No, so he I hasn't. He has, he has not qualified yet uh, from the stand, so he would have to do that. He's obviously got the new uh, Victoria Cup this week, 
Um, but yeah, he hasn't qualified yet from the stand. So yeah, there's a little bit to go under the bridge. And it ain't always that easy, especially a horse like him. I might be wrong, but he seems a little bit hot from what I've seen of him. So yeah, could be an interesting interesting little dynamic to, to add to um, you know, a, a race that doesn't need any more promotion. It's actually uh, just a great race, great race on the calendar, full stop. Yeah, we want these horses that have got, you know, followings and things like that, you know, and, and he's obviously got a big one um, over in Australia. We we saw that in the lead up to uh, races like the Eureka and, and things like that. So the more horses we can get like him coming over and the more horses like, you know, we can get a cooter over to Australia and things like that. It's just better for the industry as a whole across both countries and gives you something to hang your hat on and give someone something, uh, people something to get excited about too. So, yeah, hopefully... But those plans can play out and we can see you know those three horses particularly coming over to compete in the cup i can so just looking at the uh the woodland stud victoria derby uh barrier draws have played a significant part into that race captain hammerhead he can draw barrier one when he needs to don't worry about that he's he's uh, very good but the rest of them the real sherlock has drawn outside the front louis louis a, a lovely horse has drawn six but then the rest of them perfect class the lost storm petrarca captain's knock all off the second line. So that's going to be an, an interesting race. You then go to the Victoria Cup, uh, Leap to Fame's drawn five, better Eclipse. The horse, you know, he won the Kilmore Cup by being the perfect draw. He's got it again uh, going forward. And then you have horses like, um, Hi, My Name is Jeff, and then Captain Ravishing as well. Uh, act now, born leader um, in Cypher, the uh, Eureka winner and Spirit of St. Louis all outside that second line as well. And more Vita, another of the Kiwi horses, so has drawn very wide in seven as well. So barrier draws have played a fair party to what's going to be an interesting night of racing at Menangle, uh, sorry, at Melton this Saturday night, that's for sure. Yeah, looking at the, Vic the Victoria Cup draw earlier on today, you know, and of course you've got Rock and Roll Duty drawn up at four, which will probably end up being three. So, you know, with Leap to Fame and Catch a Wave and all that drawn outside him, it could be interesting early. Um, you know, better eclipse. Well, I looked at that race, and once I saw the barrier draw, and I went, "Well, I know what I'm back into run top three, and it's probably going to be better eclipse who's going to ride the markers the whole way, and the candy man's going to find a gap somewhere around the last bend, and it's going to run into second or third, or maybe even win it." So, uh, great race. Yep. Um, you know, there's been a bit of talk floating around that it's been interesting to watch on social media around why my name's Jeff, and you know the the tactics they're going to approach, and how good these other horses are going to be. So. Great time of the year. I just love seeing these good horses go around. And it's always nice when you get connections of horses that are quite keen to, you know, not hold back. And, you know, throw a wee verbal barb out there and add a bit of spice to races. So uh, long may that continue. I might have to try and get Mark Burden talking a bit of smack about a few other horses leading into the cup. That won't happen. Um, Honolulu nope. Bay is a born leader. He's drawn two with Hi My Name Is Jeff, who has said that he will park leap to fame, who's going to come out of four. Oh, it's on. And then you've got Rock and Roll Do. And Mick Stanley, uh, he's not scared of any stable, so he won't, he won't be worried. Yeah, Spirit of St. Louis, he might sit back and smoke the cherry and get Bookie's trip to um, New Zealand. Well, in Cypher, yeah. uh, uh, the last performance, just sit back and just work over the top of the weight. Unfortunately, I'll be in bed because I've got a rugby semi uh, quarterfinal to get up and watch early on Sunday morning. So 10 past... 11 might be just a little bit too late for me on a Saturday night. Sad, It's sad getting old, Matty. Righto. Uh, that's a bit of a wrap of the week that was, and we're going to continue to do that, and that's one thing we will be doing. We actually have recorded this a little bit later um, tonight on purpose because of uh, basically what is an absolutely cracking meeting. I'm just trying to... Um, might not be able to do this now. I had the fields to to come up um, for me. I'm just hoping I've got them up over the top of you there, Matty. Yep, now we're right. We'll go back to what is a ripping night of racing. Race one, um, for starters, this like this is a this is a great race. You got a horse like Artie's Express who's been talking about going into the New Zealand Cup. Um, they're, they're leading the card off. Um, they haven't even made some of the main races for the night. It's a, it's, it's a great way to start a race meeting, isn't it? Yeah, it's good. It's good to see a nice mares race. Um, for so long, we didn't really get them over here in New Zealand, and the higher class mares were, were struggling and having to go around in races that weren't really suited to them. Uh, I think this is a fair indication that we won't see Artie's Express in the New Zealand Trotting Cup. I think she will now target races like the New Zealand, uh, the sorry, the Junior Free for All yep. on Cup Day, um, and then there's a mares race on the Friday if they want to. Um, she's class. She'll win that. I've got no doubt about that. 
Yep, yep, very good. Right, well, there's a there's a good way to start to start the night. NZB Standard Bread Harness Millions for the two-year-old trotters. This is one of the races we we're talking about just there before with um, High Step. Um, two lovely fillies in this Paramount Kiwi and Princess Sadie, both unbeaten. One's only had the one start, but uh, the other had a couple. Muscle Dash for Tommy Bagri, stable in form, having its first start. And then you've got horses like Look to the Stars um, in it. It's This is an intriguing race. Yeah, it is. And it's one that uh, I probably want to watch before I start making some assumptions on on what the pecking order is in these trotters. Of course, Paramount Kiwi comes down from the north. We haven't seen it down here in the south. Bounce and Beyond was spruiked on debut as being a very, very good horse. Obviously got it wrong, so a bit to learn. Levi from the Bob Butt stable is a very talented trotter. Princess Sadie could not have done any more fresh up last uh, last week. Uh, of course, the Williamson run just keeps on continuing. So that's going to be a really intriguing race that probably, probably lands in favour of Paramount Kiwi with the draws and just the question marks perhaps around the likes of Bounce and Beyond. Yeah, absolutely. Right, we'll keep continue to go through. The uh, Phyllis and Glennis Kennard Bloodstock Mobile Pace. Uh, just a quick thought on this race uh, for the uninitiated, if you like. There's some nice horses in here too, you know. Um, CR is actually still nominated for the New Zealand Trotting Cup. He'll follow through a, a nice horse in Lone Wolf, but... Yeah, uh, Celtic Spirit was a nice horse for the Hopes last campaign. He, he's been looking pretty sharp at the trials. That one's actually probably one of the most even races of the night that you could almost throw it at the dartboard and see what you come up with. Um, yeah, Lone Wolf off the draw. He was so good last week. I'd probably have a play around him. Lone Wolf, very good. Race four, I'm going to struggle to get this field. No, I have got it all in there. 17 runners in the Hydroflow Handicap Trot. Nice up-and-coming trotters in, in, in this race, that's for sure. Yeah, there is, um, including what I think could be one of New Zealand's best three-year-old trotters and Gold Bullion from the Bob Butts table. He's a serious, serious horse, and uh, he was so good beating the older horses fresh up. Goes to a stand this week, draws one on ten, so that's a little bit tricky. We've got Galway Girl, who I obviously talked about earlier on. Harold Smith's been going really well. Nazareth, of course, a derby winner last season. So uh, intriguing race, that one. Uh, Going to be really interesting. If there's anyone in Australia wanting to have a place bet, number two, the Bloss. That's, That's the tip. She will trot onto the speed and she'll follow them and she'll plot away and probably finish second, third or fourth. Talking trotters, I do that every Monday night. I do it live and uh, I get a little bit of help from some people out of the way, out of, from time to time. Out of my way. Last Thursday night, raced at Addington as a trotter. Sunday, as a pacer. Back as a trotter this, this night. <laughs> it's an amazing little story. Oh, it is. And Paul Nairn's never been one to shy away from doing something different. Of course, uh, he ran third as a trotter on Thursday night behind Jimmy Carter and went sensational. There was a wee talk around the Meffin track on Sunday that out of my way's plans are to try and win the Westport Cup on Boxing Day, which is a pacing race. That is the plan for him. So uh, he could probably win the Westport Pacing Cup on Boxing Day and then line up in the feature trot because they race again two days later. So nothing would surprise me with Paul Nien, but you you know you've got to throw him into everything because uh, it'll be ready. Uh, his horses are going terrific, actually. Too. So there's some even more insight. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's quite a unique story. It can't happen here in Australia because they have to qualify. So even if he qualifies once, you have to re-qualify. Change, if you change gate, you have to re-qualify. So, obviously, something a bit different for you guys. So, yeah, it's very novel here for the Australians, that's for sure. Yeah, and it's not something we see an awful lot of now. We see a lot of horses that, you know, will finish up as paces and go to trotting. Uh, one at the moment, Take After Me, who I think is about 300-odd starts. Um, feels like it's been racing since yep. I was a kid. Um, he obviously won a lot of races as a pacer, and now he ran third at Miffin on Sunday as a trotter. Uh, he switches back to a pace every now and then as well, but it's not something you see very often, that's for sure. No, it's, it's a very, very unique one. Right, one of the features for the for the the, uh, the night is going to be the NZB standard bred harness millions for the two-year-old Colts and Geldings. We spoke there before about Victoria. The barrier draws, haven't they made a bit of a difference to this race? Um, some really, really classy horses going around. A couple we've highlighted already tonight, but the barrier draws make it very interesting. They do, and it means that horses like Vesem... Uh, Renegade, who we obviously talked about, Chase a Dream, are going to be have to be every bit 
as good, if not better, than what we think they are coming off the second row because you've got some serious firepower drawn in well. You know, Le Majors won its last three up north and looked really good doing it. Cole Chisel's a really nice horse from uh, the Barry Purden Scott Phelan stable. They're going to make these backmarkers work. And over 19 to 80 at Addington, um, Michael Guerin says it week in, week out. If you're on the markers, you're halfway towards success. So those three at the back end of the uh, the program are going to have to work that bit harder and have to do it wide. So going to be a really intriguing race, this. And I'm big eyes on what Hadron Collider comes back like because I think he's as good as anything in this crop, but he's got a lot to learn still. That's what I was going to say about there, if they can straighten him up. Uh, but he's still probably going to be wide. Hawkeye Pierce is that little bomber too because I tell you what, Finds a line terrific. Um, Logan Hollis has got a, a nice little horse on the hands here. And, uh, yeah, gets, you know, it looks like he'd be three, maybe four back defence. It's a good start without doing any work. So he's got a good finish on him, That's, that is for sure. Um, the fast class horses, cup runners go around. They don't even get the orange type. Um, in the, in the uh, what do we got? The Austin Farrier Supplies Race, Self Assured, Akuda Krug, BD Joe, uh, Mighty Louie, McAdry Aviator, Kango, which is an interesting run, and Mostyle being a horse that we spoke last week about who's flying. Good field. Great field. Really good field. Really good field. Look, I think the big key out of this race is you're going to want to see that natural progression from Akuda and Self Assured after that fresh up run. To me, it's Akuda's New Zealand Trotting Cup to lose now. Uh, on what I saw first up, he's come back super. He should improve. But it might not be that easy. BD Joe is such a quick stepper. He might get onto the front end. So Akuda's going to have to work, self-assured. Crude was so good first up too. Just nice to see them going round again. It just adds to that build-up, um, you know. And, yeah, you've got Mostel Ben and, of course, McAndrew um, Aviator, who we talked about last week as well, that are the, the up-and-coming surprise packets of this year's cup lead-up. And they're in full. That's, that's the best yeah. part about it. Be interesting to see how Kango goes getting back on home soil, hopefully for Arna and the connections. He uh, finds a little bit of form because he didn't enjoy Australia, that's for sure. There was no worries there. At, um, he didn't like that at all. Another of the massive feature races are on the card, and I think this is one of the, the more intriguing races for the night, the NZB. Harness Millions for the two-year-old fillies. Coastal Babe steps out on the South Island for the first time, but she can't do any more than what she's she's been doing. Um, and again, Barrier Draws have played a pretty big part in this race. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one, the way it's worked out with Madrid, Waterfront and Coastal Babe all drawing a little bit wide. Um, Kiss finally gets a good draw, which Kiss hasn't had for a while. Yep. So uh, that may be a good lead-in for, for her chances. Then you've got... You know, the likes of Ultimate Racing Girl, who's done nothing wrong this time. And Melody Banner just put a line through her run last week. I expect her to be fighting out the finish this week, Melody Banner. Um, if she can get a nice drag into it at the right time. If Timmy Williams can plot a path, I think she's good enough to be competitive. But uh, Coastal Babe, it's going to be interesting. She's obviously been so good winning those last two, but she's got the wide draw to contend with, and she's not going to get it easy this week. She's going to have to make her own luck at some point. Uh, got a great finish, though. I like the I like the way she likes a yeah. line. She definitely likes a line, which is always, which is always really really cool. Uh, Airport Canterbury three year old flying stakes for the three year old Colts and Geldings and Barrier Draws have played a huge part in this race. I think anyway. I'd be interested. In, you know your form better. We spoke there before about a horse like Wagstar draws wide. Coney Island Lou, another horse that's going terrific. Triple G, a nice horse last time in, probably not recapturing that form. Gets a good draw. And then you've got the likes of Don't Stop Dreaming, Sinbad, uh, Watermelon Sugar. Good luck for those guys out the back. It's a huge field, and, man, it's got so much intrigue, this one. When I looked at that, I was just like, wow, this is a race. There's going to be some serious winners come out of this race um, at some point because you could make a case for every horse in this race. Of course, we didn't even mention Merlin. Um, oh, sorry. Of course, was, was touted as being, uh, <laughs> hey, and it's that easy to do looking at the depth and he's buried away at one the second line. Um, sensational horse, him and Don't Stop Dreaming, you know, they return that rivalry that we saw uh, earlier this year. Sinbad's done such a good job. Um, but then, you know, we've got these up-and-comers like Wagstar. There's older Meteor there who yep. wasn't that far off uh, Merlin and Don't Stop Dreaming. You're right about Triple G. I think he's good enough to be a, a really good top liner in this age group, but we need to see a little bit more from him. Interesting runner for me, outside of probably Wagstar, just to seeing how they measure up. Jollymont. Yep. So good at Auckland last week winning. Uh, just very, very impressive. I know they've got a little bit of a rap on him, uh, but... 
Gee, what a race. You're, you're just my sky this, and you'll probably have to watch it 15 times because there's going to be horses coming out of that that are going to drop into other races over the next month and just win for fun. What about sooner the better, drawing the pole? Um, I know you've probably got to take a couple of steps up, but it's a good draw. He's in form. Um, you know, he returned, returned from a spell with a nice win. Yeah, and I think Barry probably would have looked for Merlin's name first in the list and gone, oh, bugger, we've drawn one the second line. And then he would have looked up and said, well, the sooner the better drawn one. That might not be quite so bad for us. Um, you know, they, they get a chance to sort of, you know, try and punch out and be as handy as possible, at least early on. There will be pressure early on. There's no doubt about it because all these horses drawn on the front line are going to want to get to the front and want to get as far in front of the likes of Don't Stop Dreaming and Merlin and Co. as they possibly can. So really hard to to figure out how this one's going to pan out, but it's going to be nice to just sit down and watch it. Yeah, totally, totally agree, and uh, it's going to be super exciting. That's at 8.36, so Australian time, that's only 6.36, so it's going to be a great night of racing, full stop, both sides of the ditch. Dancing in the dark, M, um, Duncan McPherson getting behind New Zealand Harness Racing, which is great with some of his sponsorship as well. The Battle of the Big Boys, Bolt for Brilliance and Muscle Mountain, it's not a two-horse race, but uh, they are definitely the pin-up boys um, of the trotting ranks in New Zealand and probably Australasia right at the minute. It's going to be great to see these two go to battle. Oh, it is. You're 100% right. And probably the one thing at the moment that probably tips it maybe towards Bolt for Brilliance is he's a bit better away from that standing start, whereas Muscle Mountain's still trying to find it. And we know Bolt's so good at getting himself away and getting handy. He's going to eat that 20-metre handy cap up pretty quickly. Look, if the winner didn't come out of those two, you'd be probably surprised not shocked but you'd be surprised um resolve Adi by the hill loving the port if he gets a nice trip we know what he's like off the back of a horse oscar bonavina was so good winning at mop the other day that maybe he's back somewhere near his best so yeah they're gonna have to be good to win it but i think one of the two of them will Love of the Port's had two starts since his spell. His last start of the spell was a dominion <laughs> handicap a standing starter meet and i know muscle mountain did gallop out of that occasion but he had that scalp over him, and we don't, you know, it's just, oh, it's just brilliant. And I think it's so, so exciting. And it's just, it's going to be a, a huge night of racing. Those last two races, uh, is there anything sneaky in those last two races at all, Matty, for the, anyone? Uh, just looking through them, I think you could actually back one in race 10 with a little bit of confidence. The horse called Commander Ben um, from the Brentonton White Stable. It's got a good draw, uh, race 10 number three. Yep. I think it falls into a, a pretty winnable race this week, so I'd be prepared to have a pretty good play around that. And then you go down to the last race. Well, Defy Me was so good first up, but I think that Wagstar form, we see it with Point Break and Pandaya, uh, drawn one and two. One of those two should probably be winning based on the way I think the Wagstar form will stack up. Yeah, absolutely. Super night of, of racing. Full stop. Uh, great racing um, over the whole carnival, but I encourage any Australians that are watching this and uh, watch that, tune in, uh, because you're going to see some some up-and-comers, you're going to see some unlucky, we've got no doubt there'll be an unlucky run, there'll be probably a dozen um, unlucky runs on the night because because such of the depth, and it's just super exciting, leading forward to the next two months, if you like, of just high-quality New Zealand racing on the radar. Yeah, well, it's scary to think we go from this meeting this week so Monday week is Ashburnham Flying Stakes Day, what they now call uh, Magic Monday. Yep. Uh, there's about six black type races on that day, including the Hamiltonian for the three-year-old trotters. So we get another line there. You get the Flying Stakes, you get the uh, the Trotters Flying Sprint, which we'll probably see either likes of Muscle Mountain and, and Bolt for Brilliant. So we get through that meeting. And then the following Monday, of course, is Kaikoura. Kaikoura Cup, the Age Classic. You get the South Bay Trotters Cup. Then the next week, there's another Addington meeting, and then bang, we're at Cup Day. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I fear for my wallet over the next month, Paul. Um, it's going to cop a hiding. But don't stop at Cup Day, because Grand Prix is two weeks later. Yeah. yeah. Well, you go Show Day, then Grand Prix Day. Yeah. And Show Day, to me, as silly as it sounds, I actually enjoy Show Day from a racing spectacle more than yep. I do Cup Day, because I think Cup Day gets caught up in the pretty dresses and the dance party and things like that whereas i love going to show day because it's so much more about just the racing and the dominion's one of my favorite races so i, I really enjoy show day no totally and then some really good races after that matty thank you i really enjoy this hopefully we can continue it on um, going forward i think it's a good deep dive into some of the results but also some of the races going forward we'll keep changing a little bit but we want to highlight uh, the horses as we go through so i really appreciate you one giving me a bit of time and great insight mate i really enjoy the insight that you're able to give hopefully sheds a little bit of light and you know this 
you know, as much for punters, I suppose, as it is for just the average Joe participant that just enjoys their harness racing, mate. So really appreciate you giving me some time and thank you very much for joining me. No, thanks very much for having me. And yeah, there's plenty we can talk about over the next month, as we've just said. So uh, looking forward to it. No, good as gold, Matty. Enjoy it. Uh, good punting over the weekend, mate. Cheers, mate. Thank you.